It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show as we get ready to dig into our Bible study for the day. Before we do, we have uh, some text messages to read. We, we're going to find out what you had to say during the first part of the show. And we are also going to have the next clue for our quiz. I am also known as John. This person has a name. They have another name, and that other name is John. So okay. if you know who this is, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And if you call or text that number with the correct answer and say man to the quiz, uh, sorry, man to the draw, you will enter the draw and you will learn how to make, let's see, lemon and pineapple pie or carrot and beet fritters. If you want to make either of those things, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text with the correct answer. And again, that clue was, I am also known... As John. Heading over to text messages. MIA becoming a Christian. Wow. Mm. God's grace is amazing. Unlike many Christians, she actually praises him. And many Mm. young people will be touched by her faithfulness to Jesus. Amen. I think that this is, I I think those statements that I read out there that she was making were very, very powerful statements. Mm. And, you know, we need to pray for our celebrities and particularly those celebrities that have given their lives to Jesus Christ. Mm. Because these are people that are going to come under attack. You know, the Bible says that we need to pray for our. Our, our, our political leaders, regardless of whether they are Christian or not, we need to keep them in our prayers. Uh, and But we also need to pray for our our celebrities because they are influencers. Yeah. And they can be an influence for good or they can be an influence for bad. And we can see that they're also, like, influenced. And the pressure of their lifestyle, like, makes it so difficult for that conversion yes. to take place. You yes. Know? And so, like, you know, as a... As a non-celebrity, we would sit here and be like, oh, why don't they just give up the lifestyle if they really wanted to follow God? But like, that's the battle that they're going through. And that's kind of the decision that MIA made. She's like, I don't care if this costs me my whole career, I'm going to follow Jesus. Versus, uh, you know, a name maybe like you know, Kanye West, who's like, oh, I'm going to make a career out of following Jesus. You know, I'm going to make everyone Christian. And then the criticism, the backlash, you know, or the poor performance of his albums or whatever, he feels the pressure from that or, you know, his marriage breaking up and then he goes back to, you know, dot. And, and this, these, you know, the, the Chris Pratt's, the Justin Bieber's, the Kanye West, the MIA's, yeah. you know, the celebrities that give their life to Jesus Christ. And, you know, we can never judge a person's conversion story and we never mm. should. Um, we should accept it on face value, but we just should pray for these people because they need it. the mm. pressure that they are under is, you know, because sometimes I think we can be pretty hard on them. Yeah. But everyone's but never being walked hard in their them. shoes. Yeah. Everyone's being hard on them. They are a public figure. Everyone's criticizing them the same yes. way that you are. Like, dude, it is, it is shattering when one person criticizes you. Like someone comes and gives you genuine criticism of something that you did wrong, and it like like watch how quickly your your heart sinks. Yes, and but everyone criticizing you, like, oh, come on. But they have so much uh, opportunity for influence, and so we need to um, yeah. really keep these. And, and True. out of all of the celebrity testimonies that I've heard, that to me is the most powerful. Yeah, that I've seen because like I don't care whether I lose my career over it. Mm. Just don't care. Mm. Um, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to be true to Jesus Christ. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's actually very on character as well because she's come under, like, consistent criticism from all different kinds of things for for her, like, refugee advocacy and whatnot. Um, Like, as a a foreign person then living in America as a celebrity, like, and then she's, like, speaking against, like, American policy and politics and whatnot. Like, yes, oh, like, she's been quite politically vocal over quite a number of issues. Yeah, and so 
like I think that this is so like on brand for her. Yes. Um, but it also kind of reflects, yeah, a real conversion that she's going through. So praise the Lord. Yeah, praise God. Okay, woke churches. How can a church survive without following the word of God? I give them less than five years. Have you heard Jesus is? Have you heard Jesus is coming? Sunday laws will come in sooner than many expected. Worship days not constitutional. I think this is a double speak. People get upset, and it actually strengthens the Sunday movement. Hence, Sunday laws. Very smart uh, tactic. That's an interesting comment right there, and it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with that. Uh, the precedent has been set that you can persecute a Christian in the United States. Uh, based on this particular uh, interpretation of the law by the circuit judges, mm. um, it was not a unanimous verdict. There was a dissenting judge who who wrote a you know a dissenting piece for this particular law. But yeah, maybe it could cut well. It could cut both ways. We, the future will tell. Mm. The mind heart connection to the body isn't it like a car without an engine? Not going anywhere. Jesus died by a broken heart. That should tell us plenty. Okay, so that's what you had to say this morning. We would love to hear more about what you've got to say, particularly as we get into our Bible study. We would love to hear what you've got to say about Genesis chapter 33. Mm. Lawson, just uh, jump in there, mate, and just start reading the Word of God. Genesis chapter 33. Oh, I'm pretty sure I... I yep, let's, let's go. Uh, then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his uh, two servant wives. He put the servants and the wives and their children at the front and Leah and her children and Rachel and Joseph last. Ooh. <laughs> then Jacob went on ahead. As he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And they both wept. Then Esau looked at the woman and the children and asked, Who are these people with you? These are, my ch- these are the children God has graciously given me, your servant. Jacob replied. And then the servant wives um, came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children. They bowed before him. And finally, Joseph and Rachel came and, and forward and they bowed before him. And what were all the flocks and the herds I met as I came, Esau? Uh, asked. Jacob replied, they are a gift, my lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, no, if I have found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. Please take this gift I have brought you. For God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Well, Esau said, let's be going. I will lead the way. But Jacob replied, you can see, my Lord, that some of the children are very young and the flocks and the herds, they're very young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my Lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and for the children. I will meet you at Seir. All right, Esau said, but at least let me assign some of my men to guide and protect you. Jacob responded, that's not necessary. It's enough that you've received me warmly, my Lord. So Esau turned around and started back to Seir that same day. Jacob, on the other hand, traveled to Succoth. Um, there he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was named Succoth, which means shelters. Hmm. 
Later, having travelled all the way from Padan Aram, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem in the land of Canaan. There he set up camp outside the town. Jacob brought bought a plot of land where he camped from uh, the family of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it El Elohe Israel. Okay, what a story we have right here. Mm. A story of reconciliation, a story of reunion, a story of coming together, a story of putting, you know, old grievances in the past. Mm. And a story of healing. There is so much healing in this story, and we really need to stop and think about, you know, what is going on right here. And, you know, as, as I read through this story and as I just listen to it, you know, okay, Esau has come out there to exact revenge. Mm. That's why he's brought, you know, his uh, his private army with him. He's come to exact revenge. And so often, you know, okay, we, we, we might not do the same thing. Mm. You know, we might be in a situation where there have been other Christians who have done terrible things to us and we're not going to go after them with a private army. <laughs> but what we do, what we do is... We hold a grudge in our heart Mm. and we refuse to give it up. And when we're encouraged to give it up, we respond by saying, don't talk about that because you're going to stir up old wounds Mm. and we're going to experience the pain all over again that we forgot all those years ago. Well, if you're going to experience that pain all over again that you forgot all those years ago, you didn't forget it all those years ago. Wow. You've been letting that person and those actions live rent-free in your mind that entire time. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, and if that is the case, then you need to do something about it. Mm. You know, there's a fascinating passage in the Bible. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 5. I want you to look at this in uh, Matthew chapter 5 here real quick. Oh, you're getting a phone call. uh. What is going on here? Go away. Okay, Matthew chapter 5. <laughs> Get lost, we're on radio. <laughs> well, I so... have my phone on silent, but not my computer, so ah, that's a bit okay. of a problem. Okay, Matthew chapter 5 and verse. Okay, let's go, let me just scan down here a little bit. <laughs> about the middle, let's go to the middle of the chapter. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there, La. You're right there. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm behind you. Uh, verse 21. Is that, uh, is that what we're looking at? Verse 21. Is it verse 21? No, we're not looking at verse 21. We are looking at... Verse 22. Okay. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. We're not looking at verse 22. We're looking at uh, verse 23. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's start in verse 23. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you, su- and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and reconcile to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Okay, let's let's break this down here. Okay, so you've come to the altar, you've come to offer a sacrifice. In other words, you've come to God to ask for forgiveness of your sins, mm-hmm. right? And when you get there, you suddenly realize that someone has something against you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is interesting what Jesus says. Does Jesus say that you remember you did something against somebody else? Uh, yes. No. no. So it says here, well, that you remember that someone has something against you. Ah, yeah. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Often when somebody has something against you, it's because you did the wrong thing. You did the wrong thing, yeah. But not always. Mm. 
I mean, you think about this. How many times have I talked to church members, you know, you need to be reconciled to this person, I'm like, but I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And so Jesus doesn't go there. Mm. The requirement is not in this situation. The requirement is not that you did something wrong. Wow. The requirement is that there is hurt. Yeah. And that somebody has something against you. That is the requirement. Mm. And this is what the Bible says. Leave your gift. Just leave it. Don't even offer it. Mm. Go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Now, when the Bible says go and be reconciled to your brother, does the Bible say that you go and, you know, maybe repay something that you've taken from your brother? That might be the case. Yeah. You know, if you've stolen something, then go and repay it mm. or replace it. But it might not. Mm. The Bible doesn't say go and repay the thing that you stole. The Bible says go and be reconciled. Yeah, that's right. Regardless of whether you are guilty or not, go and be re- And this is the Christian principle. The Christian principle is being the bigger person mm. and being the first one to seek reconciliation. Yeah, even if you're the person who's been sinned against. That's right. And Jesus goes on to say that further on in this same sermon. Mm. Uh, we're going to go down and have a look at that in just a moment. And so this is, you know, when you think about it here, because there are often times when I, I, I know for myself, I'm like, why would I issue an apology right now? I never did anything wrong. Mm. You know? And, and this has been something I've been actually thinking about over the last couple of weeks. Uh, because, you know, there are times when, I, I see things in our world and I see apologies that are made and I'm like, well, that was unnecessary because I never did anything wrong. Mm. But the principle here is go mm. and apologise regardless of whether you did something wrong or not. Mm. Be reconciled. Mm. If somebody has something against you, just be reconciled. It is not going to hurt you in any way, shape or form. Mm. And then the question that comes up in my mind is this. Okay, let's say that you have done nothing wrong. But the other person's perception is that you have. Mm. And there is pain in that relationship. And let's say that you say, well, I've done nothing wrong. Why should I, why should I be reconciled? Mm. Oh, sorry, why should I ask for forgiveness? Okay, what are you going to gain by that? Mm. What, are you gain, what are you going to gain by not asking forgiveness? Because <laughs> you haven't, okay, I haven't done anything wrong, so I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. You don't have to ask for forgiveness, mm. except the Bible says here that you should, and you do have to. Mm-hmm. But when you've done nothing wrong, the principle of forgiveness is when you've done nothing wrong, you don't ask for forgiveness. We get that. We understand that. First of all, what's stopping you from asking forgiveness when you've done nothing wrong? Mm. And secondly, what are you going to gain? Mm. Yeah, I'd like to find somebody who can come up with something that they are going to gain by not asking forgiveness mm. when they haven't done something wrong. Mm. And maybe you as a listener can come up with some, something that you're going to gain. My number is 0491-064-669. Tell me what you're going to gain. Mm. Now, I do know some things that you will gain. Your ego will stay intact <laughs> because you have... Not admitted doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You're, you will save face because 
you have not admitted that you mm-hmm. did anything wrong. Mm. So your ego will remain intact and you will save face. That's what you're going to gain. Uh-huh. But but is that really worth it? Well, that's just pride. Mm. Why, why did Satan fall in heaven? Yeah, that's right. Whose who's principle are you following right there? Yeah, is the, is the, the break, principle of Satan. Is the breaking up of, of this relationship, friendship, you know, is, is it worth your pride? Yeah. Is it worth your ego? Is it worth your reputa- reputation? And now we understand in extreme circumstances, uh, I don't know. Like, we don't know every single situation, but, like, I think humility is more of a virtue than ego ever could be. Absolutely. Mm. And and this is what we're going to see really powerfully illustrated in this story right here. Mm. Uh, this is an amazing story of reconciliation that takes place. It, it to me is just yeah. Anyway, so let, let's think about okay. Let's let's go back to what are you going to gain if you refuse to apologize? Uh, all right, we've thought about that. You're going to save your ego. You're going to save your face. Fine, that's all you're going to gain. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you apologize for something you never did. Uh huh. What do you stand to gain? Um, the relationship with the person. Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Um, yeah. Uh, the the lack of dispute, yes. like the, the fact that the dispute no longer exists, which is like good because yes. like I feel like people like disputing, people like fighting, but we shouldn't. Like fighting is bad. Disputing is bad. Like so you you gain the ability not to be involved in drama and all the hurt that comes with it um also you actually like very much um lower the risk of ruining your reputation because if you have someone out there that hates you then like you better believe that they're gonna get around and you know air out your dirty laundry and you know make you sound like the worst possible person ever because they have a problem with you that's what people do because we're messed up um so yeah, but you can nip all those things in the bud. Like their active bad actions, you can actually stop by apologizing. Absolutely, you've got everything to gain mm. by apologizing. Mm. You've got reconciliation, and uh, you know. All right, so let's go back to this particular story here, and let's think about Jacob. Did Jacob need to bow to Esau? No. No, because Jacob had the birthright. Yeah. And not only did he have the birthright, while he had gotten the birthright in a bad way, he had been given that birthright by God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there was the deception with Isaac, but in terms of him obtaining the birthright, like from Esau... It was his. It was fair. It was always his. Yeah. God had stated, you are the one who is going to get it. God had stated that Esau was not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And so the birthright was always going to belong to Jacob. Mm. He doesn't have to bow. He doesn't have to apologize for the fact that he has the birthright. Yeah. But notice what happens here is that when he meets Esau, what does he do? He bows himself to the ground seven times. Mm. Interesting. When he received the birthright, he received seven blessings Mm. from Isaac. Then he speaks to Esau and calls him my Lord. Mm. Then he speaks of himself and he says, I am your servant. Yeah. So what he is doing is saying the birthright is yours. Mm. I give it back. You know, that's what he's communicating. It's not worth it to me. Mm. 
does he does he need to do that? No, because he has the birthright by divine right. He'll need to give it back, even though he got it the wrong way. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Mm. And we're about to continue on with our Bible study, but we do have one more clue for the quiz. Okay, last clue for the quiz. I am credited with writing the second book of the New Testament, my friends. If you don't get it from that one, you won't get it at all. But 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. If you call or text that number and say, may I enter the quiz, you will go in the draw to win the Revive Cafe Vegan Cookbooks editions. Oh, not editions. I keep saying editions. No, it's volumes. Five and six, and you will learn how to make cranberry and banana Odie ball. So you can make they're like kind of like bliss balls, um, or you can make let's see a supercharged breakfast bowl, and that would be vegan and healthy and tasty. So zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. Who wrote the second book in the New Testament? Okay, so here's an interesting question that we're going to draw out from our Bible study as we continue on here. As a result of what Jacob does and mm. as a result of you know what God has done in Esau's heart, there is reconciliation here. Mm. And the night before this happens, Jacob sees the face of God mm. and receives forgiveness. The next day he sees the face of his brother ah. and receives forgiveness. Mm. And then he goes on, he makes this interesting statement here. He says, because I've seen your face, he says to his brother, as the face of God. Yeah, that's so interesting. How can Esau be a type of God, a, a, a type, a symbol, as it were, of God? Mm. No, not, not a type of God as in, you know, there are different types of gods, but a, a yeah, symbol of God. A how symbol can, of God. How can, how can Jacob make this statement here? Uh, in that, okay, Esau, you are like God to me. Yeah, I just like before because because there there is a a very, I wouldn't say obvious, but there is like a big answer. Like there's a very clear connection between Esau and God and in Jacob's life, um, and how they've treated him, and it's in regards to forgiveness ultimately. Um, but it's just interesting, like to look at Esau as well, like. Um, a reading on in the next couple of chapters of the book of Genesis that talks about the descendants of Esau who were like the Edomites. Yes. And the Edomites were like a really evil people who were like destroyed. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's like yes. they were really evil and they were destroyed and like yes. all these things. And, and so it shows like Esau in, in his, in his essence, in his descendants, everything. Like he is not like God. No. Like he is not like no, God the, at all. The Bible, um, the Bible, you know, I mean, here you've got him, he's very clearly has become a warlord. Yeah, like he is not like God. But um, did Jesus become a warlord? No, Jesus did not do that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And that's good because um, we don't have to fight in religious wars. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, the, the clear connection between Esau and between God and why Jacob would say it, seeing your face is like seeing the face of God is because he himself has seen the face of God. Um, in regards to being forgiven by God for the terrible things that he had done. Um, and now because he has sinned against God and God has forgiven him. Now he has also sinned against Esau. Yes. And he has been forgiven. So praise the Lord. Like he's like seeing your face is like the face of God. Why? Because in Esau's face, Jacob sees forgiveness. He sees reconciliation and he sees the opportunity to, to move forward and to continue to, to be blessed. Okay, so here we've got a whole bunch of, uh, well, not a whole bunch, but a number of text messages that have come through. Mm. Uh, Christopher says, a true apology is not followed with a but. 
Ooh, true. It's not followed with a reason. Mm. You don't apologise and then give somebody a reason for why you did what you did. Mm. You apologise. Mm. And that's really hard to do. Mm. Because we want to be like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, but it happened because of, and we give a reason. Yeah. Yep. And all you are trying to do is to justify yourself save and to face, make yourself yeah. feel better and to save face. And what that does is then the other person is going like, well, your reason is not valid because of, mm. and you're back to square one. Mm-hmm. Christopher, that is text message of the day right there. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I just want everybody to really, really think about that. Uh, Rafi says, apologizing when you haven't done anything wrong gives you peace of heart, mm. peace of mind. You have done what Christ would have done. You will gain their respect, possibly friendship. All praise goes to God. Mm. Actually, there's a, I was just telling Lyle about this in during the break. There's a funny story where someone actually apologized to me when I was doing the wrong thing. Um, so one of my, like, Best friends, um, this woman named Nah. She is, she's a leader at our church. She's amazing. And, uh, there was a group of us. We were walking in Spears Point Park, which is a local park here, walking down the road. And, um, I was like, Oh, I'm going to scare Nah. I'm going to pretend that I'm like going to grab her and push her into the water because we're walking on like a jetty. Um, and because the previous day we had gone walking somewhere and she had done that to me. Like <laughs> she had kind of, she had kind of, we were walking beside a road and she kind of grabbed me and pretended like, Oh, and we were just joking around so walking on this jetty and i instead of like you know we're not just walking side by side i sneak up behind her silently i'm like i gotta get her and so i i like go right i put my hands on her and she freaked out like she was like she got so scared um and like you know just like let out a scream and a lot of people heard and the people that were walking with like that you know she she got kind of worked up and people were like oh are you okay and i felt so bad like i was like wow i've like really hurt my friend i've really hurt this woman um even though like it, yeah it's a joke but it, it just was something that was taken way too far and it ceased to be funny. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I'm like apologizing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like da, da, da. And then she apologized to me. And I was she's like, she's got nothing to apologize for. Uh, yeah. I'm like, what? And she's like, Oh, Lawson, I'm so sorry that I embarrassed you. Like in front of everyone, like I reacted so badly. Like, I'm the one who and did something wrong. Like, it, like her reaction is totally <laughs> justified because I absolutely did the wrong thing. Like, yes, yeah, it's it was a joke, whatever, but no, it was wrong. Like, it was 100%. I did the wrong thing, and then she apologizes to me, like, oh, no, Lawson, I don't want to, you know, embarrass you in front so of you everyone. Got, you got coals of fire poured on top of your head. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> you're like, you were feeling bad, and now you're really feeling you're bad. really feeling bad, but ultimately, like, I think it just goes to show, like, her humility in that situation. Like, she can totally take the high road and just be like, how dare you treat me like that, blah, 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 blah. But we, she is just so humble um, that she yeah, she apologized to me when I'm the one who did something wrong. Um, yeah, for my embarrassment for doing the wrong thing. So yeah, it's just incredible when people have that level of humility. Okay, um, uh, Sherry says this: Hi, Lila Lawson's blessings to you both. Peace of mind. Mm. Yeah, that's what that's what forgiveness brings. Peace mm. of mind. Then we've got uh, Paula says, I was watching the crucifixion of Christ hearing the words, forgive them because they do not know what they do. My heart needed reconciliation. There was a member of my family for whatever reason always had issues with me. I knew immediately I had to ask the person for forgiveness. In their mind, there was something to forgive. To this day, I don't know what it was. 
I did wrong. But I do know by doing what I did, it set us both free to start the relationship wow. afresh. That's awesome. I love how God says, I forgive you and I will remember no more. To hold on and feel the hurt squeezes the life from our hearts. We're getting some really good text messages here today. Mm. Uh, I've got another one here uh, from Bruce says, what you're going to gain is a better relationship with God. The Lord's Prayer says, forgive us as I forgive others. Mm. Yes. And then Rafi points out this interesting fact right here. Um, Did you know that Herod... Was a descendant of Esau. Really? Yes. Yes. Was he, was fact, he like an Edomite? Of, he was. All of the Herods were Edomites. Oh. It was like four of them. Mm. And they were all terrible. Yeah. And they did terrible, terrible <laughs> things. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. Anyway, that's, uh, that's our Bible study for today. That went fast. We'd love to hear from you guys. That was fantastic. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. But right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lala, Question of the Day comes from Jennifer, and Jennifer asks, Can you give a deeper meaning why the archangel and Satan disputed... Over the body of Moses. Okay, so this is an interesting passage here from the book of Jude, and there's not a lot of information that we have to work on, so there's not too much that we can comment on. But I just want to say the book of Jude, love the book of Jude. He's a fire and brimstone preacher of the New Testament. He is the kind of preacher who walks out stage, pulls out two big six guns, and just starts blazing at his audience. You read the verses in the lead up to this, of course, this statement is found in verse 9. It says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves out of fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, all these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, speak evil of dignity. So this is typical Jude, right? Jude is just not holding back. He is just blazing away as Jude does. And he's very much unique in the New Testament. You've got Paul, who is just incredibly intellectual. You've got John, who is incredibly relational. You've got James, who is, you know, he's into the details of everything. He loves to study the Bible. You've got Peter, who's very exhortational and you know, he always exhorting people. And then you've got Jude. Wow, Jude, he just like blasts you. And then he comes out with this interesting statement here. He says, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, did not bring against him an accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And that's kind of all the information that we have. We have the information of the death of Moses. And we have this one verse that speaks about the resurrection of Moses. We know that Moses is alive because of the transfiguration where Moses turned up with Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. So we know that Moses is alive. Mm. And we have this one just kind of random prophecy here where Jude has been shown through the process of inspiration that when Moses was resurrected, Satan turned up and said, no, you can't do that. Let's think about this in a little bit of context so far. There's been two people, one person before this who has been taken to heaven, and that was Enoch, and he was translated to heaven without seeing death. And I imagine that there was a bit of a dispute that went on there as well where you know Satan would have said, you can't take that person to heaven. You've got one person after this who is taken to heaven without tasting death. And, of course, that is Elijah. But here you've got somebody who is resurrected from the dead. 
Now, the word Satan simply means accuser. He is the accuser of the brethren. That's what the word means. And so he's always going to be accusing. And so it's kind of like it is Satan's job to accuse. It is Satan's job to stand there, so to speak, or his self-appointed job that he has appointed himself to say, no, you can't do that. He's the no committee when it comes to God. And so he sees God come down and Moses is his captive because Moses is dead. And a person dies because they have sinned. The wages of sin is death. That's why we all die is because of sin. And so he's like, Moses is a sinner. Moses has died. He is my captive. I've got him in the grave. And you have no right to bring him out of the grave. And does Jesus at this particular point start an argument with Satan? No. He doesn't. Because Moses' record is on fire. He doesn't need to start an argument. He just says, go away. If anybody wants to know the record of Moses' life and see that Moses was forgiven of his sins, Jesus has that on record, and that's all that matters. You've come to the end of the breakfast show here on Faith FM. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, and act faith. You will grow strong in Jesus Christ. for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.